If you would, just turn your Bibles to Deuteronomy 32. And I'm, did we turn up the lights or am I? Okay, it's up. I'm just in a fog. Deuteronomy 32 will go 9 through 14. And you can just stay there because I'm not drifting far off of that. Why? I just want to talk to you tonight about stepping into and standing in the promise. Stepping into and standing in the promise. I just want to touch some things because I... I have a whole prophetic word here that I'm not going to get into, but um, for those who are new, I'm just going to, I'm going to talk about a few things. We had a conference last week and we received a pretty strong, very strong prophetic word over the ministry and over the house. And so I'm going to be a good steward with that, okay? So you all can, can, if you're visiting, it's great because you can just take it, right? You can just grab it because we're going to just go over a few things because I feel like if I don't start breaking it apart piece by piece, right? How many know you want to be a good steward with the words that are given to you? Yes. And it's so important that we step into the prophetic word and not kind of just sit and linger and wait for something to happen. And I'm not talking about forcing something, but I am talking about being a good steward with it. And so I want to talk about how many, how many in this room are wanting to just jump and stand right in the promise of God. Come on. And there's things that have been spoken over your life. Never mind the, the, just the gospel message over your life. Can we just start there? Like you live in, in, in truth. And in truth you live in freedom. And you, and you walk out everything that Jesus Christ has already provided for you. This is stepping into the promise. Are you hearing me? It's really not something, you know... It is profound because we're called to do certain things, and I will touch on what the eagle's nest looks like, but the, the, the Holy Spirit wants us to be a people that step into the fullness of what Jesus Christ did on Calvary. That's really it. Hello. I know it's not like prophetic goosebumpy stuff, but it's the truth. It's like God is calling you to step into the reality of resurrection life, Right? You've been covered with the blood. All curses are broken off your life. If you engage with heaven, hello, it, healing's 100% for you if you just step into the fullness and the promise of heaven that Jesus Christ provided through his blood that got us through the, the dividing realm that keeps us back from all of who God and who he is. Right? So there's a curtain that God's trying to pull back so that we can see. Everyone say see. I'm telling you he's calling the church to see at a higher level, to see way above. So I, I really feel like this strategic things that we just, we're going to pull right out of Deuteronomy 32, 9 through 14. It's not much, but it's packed. And so... Heaven's declaration over you is that you would walk in the inheritance of Jacob. What does that even mean? It means this, that he took everything, right? You're all children of Abraham. And everything that was promised to the patriarch, come on, it's all in Christ. But you're called to step into the fulfillment and walk in the promise of God in your life. And there's nothing, it's really not very complicated, but he's calling us to step out of darkness and into his marvelous light. And when you're in his marvelous light, you can see everything for what it is, and you go right after it. Because there's nothing holding you back. There's no, no clouds, no nothing, except for the glory of God. But there's nothing clouding you from the promise of God. Because you can now see it clearly. Everyone say, see. See. <laughs> Okay, and I want you to be able to hear as well, right? So the eyes and ears for the kingdom, 
And, and the Spirit of God wants us to step into the fullness of this right now because there was so many... Deuteronomy 32 was spoken twice in the midst of the prophetic word that was given. So how many think it was probably important? Yeah. So everyone reach up and say, we're ready, we're going to pray. Father, we just receive the word with all diligence. We receive the word with gladness. We receive this word with all the fullness of who you are. I thank you that you're able to give it to us in the completion of what it is. And in the truth of what it is, and we receive it all. Come on. We receive it all. So ready? Deuteronomy 32.9 says this, For the, the Lord's portion is his people. Isn't that a good thing? Can't even get much further than that. The, for the Lord's portion is his people, and Jacob the place of his inheritance. And he found him in a desert land and in the wasteland. How... A howling wilderness, he encircled him, he instructed him, and he kept him as the apple of his eye. As an eagle stirs up its nests and hovers over its young, spreading out its wings, taking them up, carrying them on its, on its wings. And so the Lord alone, everyone say the Lord alone. The Lord alone led him. And there was no foreign gods with him. And he made him ride in the heights of the earth, that he might eat the produce of the field, that he may draw honey from the rock, and the oil from the flinty rock, and the curds from the cattle, and the milk from the flock, and the fat of the lands, and the rams of, of the breed of Bashan, and the goats with the choicest wheat. And you drank wine, the blood of the grapes." And so I just want to touch on a few points because God wants you to embrace the fullness of what, is your, what you're inherited to, what is promised to you. And so as a corporate body, what we're going to, come on, God's going to lead us by what? His spirit, not by striving, not by pushing. Come on, there is some pushing involved, but the, come on, it's when you're birthing something but not by trying to make something happen. So I'm going over this to just because I feel like if we don't speak back into it, come on, be, if we begin to, come on, lose distance and memory to the things that were spoken. So there's something about how many, I've said this to you before, that we need to rehearse the word of the Lord. That's why when we meditate on the word of God, it becomes something inside of us. Come on, it's, gonna, it's the implanted word. When we meditate on it, when we eat it, when we devour it, it becomes implanted into our spirit. And so I'm telling you there's something about rehearsing and being a steward with what he gives you. And this goes for everything. So we're going to talk about this, and, and it's really, really simple. It's really, really simple. It's really simple. But we're just going to look at a few points. So Jacob, the, the place of inheritance... Why does he talk about Jacob, the place of inheritance? Because Jacob inherited everything that his father had for him. That there was an inheritance that was already set apart that he had to step into. And how many know the increase that was on Jacob's life was greater than his father's? Isaiah 58, 14, Then you shall delight yourself in the Lord, and I will cause you to ride to the high hills of the earth and feed you with the heritage of Jacob, your father. The mouth of the Lord is spoken. Listen, listen, listen to me, listen to me clear. There's something about he's going to bring us to heights. What was Jacob? Come on, this was the promise for Jacob, that he would ride in the heights. He would ride above how many know it, Jacob became Israel, and that's God's promised people? Come on, but we're engrafted in to Israel. Come on. And so there's something of, of promise that he wants us to grab and says, I will cause you. It's not I might, it's I will cause you. So we have a choice when God says, I will cause you. I will either follow what he says and I will believe what he says. I will believe what he says. 
I will stand in faith on the, what he says. I will believe the word of the Lord because the mouth of the, it says the mouth of the Lord is spoken, right? So remember, first, is it first Chron, uh, Chronicles 20, 20 says this. It says that what? Believe the prophets and you'll prosper. <laughs> I have to go back and reverse right here. I'm just taking one portion of what was spoken over us. How many, <laughs> I'm telling you right now, there's 20 years of prophetic fulfillment in what we've received as a house. I'm telling you easily because all it takes is right this you have to he'll feed you with the heritage of Jacob your father now you just want to eat of God's promises and you want to believe when you believe when you devour the word remember that remember the prophets how many prophets had the scrolls and they ate the scrolls there's prophetic promise that we need to engage with. We need to eat. We need to devour. And, and Jacob was given prophetic promise, and he walked with it, and he walked it out into the fulfillment of being what now? A prince of God. And so you're, everyone in this room is called to that place, right? You're called as sons and daughters of the Most High. You're called as a son. You're called as a king. You're called as a priest. You're called as a prophet. And so I'm just... I. We need to draw and suck, come on, you need to suck all the honey out of this right now. Because there's revelation that God wants us to engage with and step into so that we don't miss what he's about to do. Because here's where it all comes. The Lord found a people. Are you with me? I'm going over the same thing I just said. The Lord found a people. And let me just say this. God found a people. He's looking for a people. He's looking for someone that will say yes. He's looking for a, a group. He's looking for an individual that will say, yes, I will do it. Yes, you have an inheritance for me. I will step into it. Yes, you have all these promises for me. I will step into it. And it's more than just a nod. It's a, you have to engage because yes is this. I'm going this way. Yes is we're going towards it. Yo. All right. <laughs> yes means that we go after what God said, that we follow his word. We, when he spoke something over us, we step into it. Remember, remember what, remember what was said. God is about to bend time. So that the things that were spoken that seem like they are far off will be bent and pulled close to you so that you can step over into it. Did anyone get that? The reality is, is that, right, time is way here. And the, and the things that were spoken and promised are way out. They look like they're a thousand miles away. But God says, no, at, in the appointed time, I'm looking for a people who will, come on, if I just bend time, if I just pull it towards you, calling those things that be not as though they were, it's faith. This whole thing has to do with faith. This whole thing has to do with walking into the purpose, walking into the present. And every person in this place, you've been taken from somewhere, Every person in this place, you've been taken from a, somewhere, like whatever your life used to look like, and God's trying to pull you into something that's much greater than you ever thought or imagined. And sometimes things go on in the middle of that, and they pull us outside of where we think we're supposed to be. But I'm telling you tonight that God is pulling, right? He's bending time. So even the things that we think tripped us up and put us back two years, I'm telling you God wants to pull you into it in a moment. And I'm telling you that there's something about cooperating with the Holy Spirit if we just would wait on the Lord. Why? Because he says 
those who wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. And some of you have been tired and worn out from past seasons, but I'm telling you now, God's about to put wind because he's talking about a nest next. He's talking about a nest that you're going to be, come on, he's going to hover over and stir over and wind over. And there's something that's going to, the, the wind of God's going to begin to get up underneath you and you're not going to be able to do anything but sail into the thing that God called you to. So he was looking for a people. They were lost. It's a, it's a wilderness season. How many have ever had a wilderness season? I've only had about seven or eight or maybe nine or ten. I don't know. But, you know, someone in this room, God's pulling you out of a wilderness season. He's pulling you out of a wasteland. He's pulling you out of a season that you thought it was over. You were washed up, but now God says, no, now, 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 now. Now's the time. Don't sit back and wait, oh, because we could all go like Job. You know what I'm doing. I'm just scraping scars, scraping things that were on my life from before. And God's saying, don't pick at that anymore. I'm calling you out of that into this. And in this, your skin is completely clear. And in this is complete healing. And in this, there's nothing that, that the enemy can come and steal from you. But in this, I'm telling you, it's, it's, over, it's way above the way you think right now. How many know God's trying to change the thinking of the church? Trying to change the thinking of where we live from. And, and I'm telling you, he's looking for a people. The Bible says this, right? He found a people. But the Bible says he looked to and fro throughout the earth, seeking those who were what? Loyal. He's looking for those who are given to him. He's looking for those who are completely given over to what he's about to do. He wants a people that are totally given over. And I love this. I love this. He, listen, sometimes, here's a key to interpreting scripture sometimes. Sometimes we just need to look at what the verbs are because God's doing something and God wants to teach us something. And it says next that he encircled them. He encircled them. I don't know about you, but my Bible says, for I, says the Lord, will be a wall of fire all around her, and I will be her glory in her midst. And that's from Zechariah. Listen, there's something about God's protection around you because when we are in, when we are in, when you're listening to the Holy Spirit and you're stepping into the place where the Holy Spirit's calling you, and you don't veer to the left or the right, but you stay on that path, I'm telling you a wall will come around you. I'm not saying it's not without tr trials or some type of test sometimes, but there is this place that's the secret place of God. And when you're in the secret place of God, the fire around you, come on, the enemy cannot touch you. Come on, say it like you believe it. I'm telling you, someone say something. I'm telling you, the fire of heaven wants to be all around you. The engulfing presence of God is all around you. If you could just see. Why? Because your eyes are full of light. And what comes out when you're looking at light, all of a sudden fires all around your life because you're looking at one thing. When you look at him, the fire and the presence is all around you. I said this last week, the, the, the hovering of who he is all about you. And so he wants to encompass you. How did he take down strongholds? Let me see. I just think of Joshua, right? Joshua was given instruction. He said, just march around the city. And then at the end, shout. Ha! Come on. Strategy for war. March around it and shout. Glory. I don't know what they shouted. But it didn't matter because God, whatever was the stronghold of that place, 
because of the presence and the angels and the fire of heaven that was encircled around there now because of what? Because of just sheer obedience. It brought walls down and the city was taken in a day. And we think New England is, I don't think it's tough. I'm just, but there's this, there's this opinion it's not my opinion. It's not God's opinion. But we're going to have to believe for cities to be done in a day. Can you believe for that? Let the faith arise in us. Let us believe that the Holy Spirit can do that because of simple instruction. Not real complicated. I was having this conversation. What works overseas in crusades should work in America. Why does it not? It's really nothing. Pray. God, come. Cover the place with prayer. And let's go. Let's win souls. <laughs> in mass. Yes, in mass. Healing, signs, wonders, demonstration of power. Why? Why would it not happen in America? You tell me. I don't have it. There's not a theologian in this place that can convince me otherwise. But he's trying to come and tell us, I'm encircling. Just wait, because I'm coming. I'm encircling this place. I'm encircling wherever you want me to go. Just listen to what I'm saying, and I'll encircle that. I'll surround it. You don't need to try and make up some good, good plan to take that. You don't have to get some good plan to get people free. Just I'll surround them. I'm going to surround them with the fire of heaven. Number four, he instructed them. These are all things that we're going to do. <laughs> so I'm going to do it. I'm just going to believe what the Lord says, and I'm going to believe that his instruction is the best instruction. <laughs> Makes me want to cry. Isaiah 11. There shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow up out of its roots. The spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord, and his delight in the fear of the Lord. And he shall not judge by the sight of his eyes, nor decide by the hearing of his ears, but righteousness shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. And he shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth and with the breath of his lips and slay the wicked. Ready? This was the ministry of Jesus. And I prophesy over you tonight. Prophesy over this whole place that will operate out of the spirit that rests and that rested on Jesus. Because if we have the counsel of heaven, we have the might of God with us. If we have the wisdom and understanding of heaven, then I'm telling you, nothing can get in the way of what he's about to do. And there's something that the Lord wants to do with knowing that the rest of God, the rest, it starts with the rest. Because we just need to know that the, the resting of the Holy Spirit on your life is enough. So everyone in this room needs to do one thing. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he's near. It's one thing. Behold his beauty. It's one thing. Look at him. I just said that, right? 1 John 3. When we behold him, we become like him. And when we become like him, we begin to do these things. Because when Jesus operated on the earth, he operated under those seven things. The seven spirits that were always before the, always before the throne of God. Can I tell you what it is? It's the functioning of the Holy Spirit. It's the full function. It's better than the gifts of the Spirit. It's an operation in the Holy Ghost that is way above nine gifts. 
although they might manifest in healing, they might manifest in the working of miracles, they might manifest in prophecy, they might manifest in, in, in all those things, but I'm telling you, the Spirit of God wants us to step into the rest, the Spirit resting upon us. Because it says this, it says that he, He's not going to judge by His sight. But with what? Righteousness. There's the only one person that knows. And when we get ready, this goes back to this one thing. Counsel. Is it Jeremiah 28, 13, right? Said he stood, Jeremiah stood in the council of heaven. He stood in the council of God. It goes on later in that chapter. He continues to talk. He, if we do not have the council of heaven, and this is what we're after. This is what your heart should be after. You want the counsel of God on your life. Where he's moving you. Where, where you're supposed to live. Where you're supposed to be. Come on. You want the counsel of heaven. Where are you called? Where is he taking you? You need the counsel of heaven to go anywhere. Because all of a sudden, we want, you want the fire of God around you, but you don't want the counsel of heaven? Come on, say, I want the counsel of heaven. You want the counsel that comes from the counselor, from the wonderful counselor. He's amazing, and he's not going to ever lead us in a way that we don't know. Well, he may lead us in a way that we don't know, but he will lead us right in to the right place. Because I, I continually, he blows my mind with putting me in places where I have no understanding. What are you bringing me in there for? Why are you bringing me? And some of you ask that question yourself. God, why, what was that season there? What was that season there? And God's trying to move us and say, listen, you need my counsel. Don't step out of my counsel and go do things on your own. Not under the counsel of K.A., not saying that our counsel is not good or bad or indifferent. I'm saying you need the counsel of God. And hopefully my wife and I are hearing from heaven and you get good counsel, but that doesn't ultimately give you a, this is what I need to do with my life because I say it or someone else in this place says it. You're hearing me. The apple means pupil. It means the very center of God's eye. And I don't know about you, but there was another prophet a month ago that said, New England. God's eye is on New England. So that, that actually puts the fear of the Lord in me. <laughs> Because then you have another prophetic voice that comes and says, listen, here's what it is. You're the apple of his eye. And in that, in that, know this, know this, that when you're in God's eye, he's watching over his word to perform it. He's watching over everything that he's about to do. He's watching over it because his spirit is hovering over your life. And when the spirit of God is hovering over your life, you know, you know that you know that you know that wherever you step, you've got, and we're coming to it, but wherever you step becomes the place where God is. And the favor goes before you. Because his eye is on you, and when his eye is on you, he begins to step in. And when God's watching what you're doing, he watches over his word to perform it. So he's watching over the words over your life so that he can walk them out because you're just following what he's saying. I don't know about you. I'm excited. 
I'm so excited about what God's about to do because all I have to do is just stay where I am. I don't have to do anything else. I just have to posture the way I've been postured for the last six months. God, please come. God, please, we want your counsel. We'll shut down whatever meeting you want. We'll start another one if you want. We'll pray till midnight. We'll fast. I don't. And we're going to fast. Yes, there'll be corporate fast. Get ready. And you can participate any way you want. Because it's just me. Starving myself. <laughs> and going into the council of heaven. That's where I want to be. That's where I want to live. That's where you should want to live. In God's counsel. There's nowhere else to live. I promise you. There's nowhere else to live. God's counsel wants to come over your life. And the only way to do that is to live where he is. Have you kept him? And God's eye is on the government of God. God's eye is on the government. It's on the ecclesia. God's eye should be on the ecclesia. It should be on the ecclesia of New England. It should be on the ecclesia of America. It should be on the ecclesia of North America, Canada, all. And God wants to be there. And what is that? That's the government of God. So when, again, it goes back to the same thing I've been saying all night. The council of heaven is what we need. We, we, we can't live without it. You cannot live without it. Because I want the fear of the Lord on my life so that what? My life is filled with more joy than all my brothers. <laughs> that means it's not too scary unless you move out of it. <laughs> the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is counsel. The fear of God in a good way, in a healthy way. Come on, we don't even have the right word in Hebrew or English to even depict what God's presence looks like when we're in the fear of the Lord. It's this place where you'd want to please Him only. And your desire is to live in purity and not move outside of that. So God, we want a pure heart, right? I got to have a pure heart before Him. We have to ask the Lord, Lord, give me a clean and pure heart. <laughs> so what happened? He kept him. And in keeping him, it says that he made him ride in the heights of the earth. He repeats it again in that scripture that I read out of Isaiah. that he might eat the produce of the field. What does that look like? That looks like the Israelites going from desert to the promise. It looks like a long season of being outside eating manna. Like what is this? Or being choking on quail. But the Spirit of God wants us to eat of the good of the land. That he might eat the produce of the field. That he may draw what? Honey from the rock. Now I want you to look at this in two different ways. Obviously Jesus is the rock. But I'm telling you God is trying to pull us into this place where we can draw honey. We can draw revelation even in a hard place. And it'll awaken you. What does honey do? It said that, that for Jonathan, when he was going through and he was fasting, he partook of the revelation. He began to eat of the revelation of God. And he began to awaken. Come on, he was filled with energy. That's like me last weekend. I'm telling you, you sh I should have been dead, tired. And I got up and I was like, I felt like I was on amphetamines. 
Like, how does that even work? It's called the anointing that just energizes you. And this is where he wants the church to live out of. Listen, the honey, the oil. God wants to release an oil on the church that is going to energize and move the engine of God inside of you. Ephesians 3.17, like last week. The generating power of heaven inside of you. And unless, ready? Unless you go and stay <laughs> in the council, God, I want more of you. God, I desire you in such a way. No more of these sleepy prayer meetings. No, and I'm not saying that, you know, because I've slept. Come on, I go to pray and I, I've done it. I do it a lot. Just take a rest. Come on. But what I'm saying is God's about to energize the church. With the strength of heaven. Come on, anyone ever fall asleep in front of the Lord? There's no better place to fall asleep. Come on. I'm saying this to say that the Spirit of God's looking for a people who are energized by His words. Like, I am so expectant about what we're... It, listen, we're already in it. As far as I'm concerned, I'm already stepped, we've already stepped into it. It's just the fulfillment of it. It's just walking the rest of it out. Right? So he's... He's drawing honey and oil. And I love this. Curds from the cattle. You know what that is? That's the milk. That's the butter. That's the yummy butter that Job walked with. Remember, Job 29 says he remembered the days when the counsel of the Lord was over his life. Said that he had like this, this it's shown over him. And in it glowing over his life, he walked with the oil. And it says that his feet were bathed with butter. Come on, somebody. That's a good thing. That means the way you walk, you just float. You move. You slide. It's good. Come on. Electric, electric slide in church. Outside church. Come on. That, that getting up, it's not like I got to get up and I got to do life. It's like, no, I feel the favor of God on my life. I don't feel the weight of depression. I don't feel the weight of trauma. I don't feel the weight of my past. I feel the goodness of God under my feet. I feel the, the creamy, yummy goodness of God under my feet. That's what it is. It's the cream. It's the goodness of God underneath you that helps you to move and you slide it's effortless come on it may get a little out of control sometimes because you're moving too fast and then it says that with the the rams of, of the breed of Bashan and the goats with the choicest wheat and the wheat is what makes good bread and we all need to eat of the bread of heaven and God's trying to open that up to us and so and then it goes on to say you, you drank wine, the blood of grapes and it is the new wine that God's about to pour out. But I'm just going to make some declarations over you, okay? Let's start with this. You are like a tree planted by the river of water. You bring forth fruit in your season. 
Your leaves do not wither. And everything you do prospers. That's Psalm 1, verse 3. You are a tree planted by the water. Your roots spread out into the waters. And when the heat and the drought come, your leaves stay green. And you will not cease to bear fruit. Jeremiah 17, 8. You have shown everyone in this place a pure river of water, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. And in the midst of the river was a tree of life whose leaves were for the healing of the nations, and there shall be no more curse of sickness upon your life. That's Revelation 22, verses 1 through 3. Listen. You need to begin to rehearse some scripture over your life and put yourself in there. Like, it's a good thing, right? How about this one? I drink of your waters freely. Simple. Come on, that's revelation as well. Listen, there's something God wants us to be drinking daily, and he doesn't want you to think that you can't. Because the river is always open for you to step into and to begin to just push the water into your mouth. And to begin to drink freely from the river of God every day, every moment if it's necessary. Sometimes for some of us, it's momentarily. I want to talk to you about supply and demand and we'll close how many know about the principle of supply and demand listen if there's someone has something and you really want it people will pay a lot for it it's like the housing market can be like anything supply and demand can be drug addiction come on why are there addicts because they're hungry for one thing And I just want to flip this because, I, come on, I was that guy. I was hungry for things that weren't heavenly way back, right? But I want to talk to you about something different. There's something that is in supply, and God's looking for those who demand it. <laughs> you get where I'm going? There's more available than you know. But he, I don't want you to, what, I, what I'm, what I'm going to convey now is not about gifts and ministry. It's about one thing. It's about the heavenly Jesus, the burning one, who wants to come into your life in such a way. But you, he's looking for those, right, who are hungry. I'm telling you, it's hunger in the church that's going to propel things. It's the desire. It's the expectation in our lives that moves things. I've seen it overseas. There's such a hunger that people will throng you to get a touch from Jesus when it's really just Jesus. And it's not you. So I can tell you about places that I've gone where there's been no hunger. And I can tell you about places which I love pre preaching right here. Sorry. I'm partial to this place because we've cultivated, right? That was a good word for us. We've carved out something. And God, there's a hunger in this place. And I'm just, I'm, I'm just going to challenge you even greater into a greater place. All these things. God's about to release, right, the ability. And it is an eagle's nest already. But God's about to increase that in a way that we don't even understand yet. And I'm trying to pray into it. And I'm asking the Lord, what does an eagle's nest look like? It's an epicenter, right? There's so many things that were said in the Word. An epicenter where people are coming in and going out. Where people will have people come in and minister and, and feed everyone. But people are being equipped to go and run with the gospel. And if you don't want to run, that's okay. 
But you must, your requirement here is to stay hungry. Or like the commercial says, stay thirsty, my friend. <laughs> you hear me? So I am, I'm telling you, I'm challenging you to hunger. I don't know about you, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm preparing. Come on, I bought new sneakers for me. I'm preparing to slide with the butter of God under us. Come on. I might have to buy my wife new sneakers. Come on. We need to slide into what God's about to do. We need to just be hungry that when the, the, the butter, the oil... And the water's flowing. We just flow with what God's about to do. And I'm telling you, no one that's accomplished anything in heaven has been anything but hungry. No one that's accomplished anything on the earth has been anything but hungry for him. I'm telling you, don't look at a gift don't even look at someone else's mantle or anointing because God's about to pour out things that we haven't seen. I've got words in here that say it's going to be exotic what we see. And it wasn't just one time it was said. Exotic, incredible, exotic, exotic fruit, crazy fruit. And I'm expecting God to do it. So that, that right now is why I'm beginning to just, we have to pull this apart. And week by week, we'll get a little more. And I might have to go back and review some, and you may too. But I'm telling you, God's about to pour out something that we have not yet seen. And I hate that. Because that's what the prophets always say. It's going to be something you've never seen before. But I've said it myself, and I believe it. I believe it to be true. Remember, believe the prophets and you'll prosper. Believe the counsel of heaven and you'll prosper. Some of the things may be bone spit out, but the, I know this. Listen, just to end, but the, this thing about the oil and about this one, our, our main place being the oil, come on, for the rest of what's about to happen. It's so on, you guys don't even know, but this ministry used to be called Seven Spirits Ministry way back, which is what I just spoke to you about, Isaiah 11, which is the seven spirits of God. And the one, the Spirit of God rests, fuels the rest. I'm telling you, God's going to make, it's already, it's already happened to carry the presence. We're called to be a habitation. But there's more to come. So tonight, if you've been in a place where you feel like, man, God, I need, uh, I need to see with new eyes. And I want you to rout out every bit of unbelief in my life right now. Because I feel like that's what we're supposed to pray for right now. Right? Stand with me. Come on. So every place, every single place. First, stay hungry. 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 But the only thing that's going to knock out the hunger in your life is unbelief. So if there's a root of unbelief in your life, we take it out right now. We remove it. We just take it away. Because guess what it is? It's sin. Sorry, but it's true. Unbelief is sin. Raise your hands. 
Come on. No, there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. What's going to happen, when I say that, it's sin. It's truth. So that truth should go into your heart right now and say, wow. God, I need you to come and route it out of my life. Because I don't want to host it. I don't want to entertain it. Are you hearing me? I don't want to entertain it. I go through it myself. I start thinking, uh, you know. And I'm telling you right now, this thing's going down. And so, Holy Spirit, we thank you right now, even in these moments. We take it. We receive from heaven right now that you, you're going to just completely deliver us right now from any place of unbelief. We stand in the fullness of who you are. So, Lord, I just ask that you pull unbelief right out by its roots right now, right in these moments, right now, right now, right now. And that, Father, you stretch us in our hunger. You encourage us in our hunger. You encourage us in our pursuit. You encourage us in opening our hearts to you in a greater way, Father, right now in these moments. And I thank you. I thank you. We repent of unbelief. You can do it right now, right there. We repent, Father, of any unbelief right now that keeps us from who you are. Keeps us from seeing exactly who you are. We ask that you release that now in Jesus' name. Lord, we ask for forgiveness for every area where we've questioned what you're doing. <laughs> and we leave it at your feet tonight. You just leave it at his feet tonight. That's it. You walk out the door, you leave it at his feet. Easy. Easy. And repentance, we thank you tonight that repentance brings refreshing. But Lord, we deal with any stronghold. Any stronghold of unbelief tonight. Any place where we, we've been believing you and then we doubt. And then we get double-minded. We break it right now in Jesus' name. I take authority over it right now in Jesus' name. And I thank you, God, you're bringing us into a new season full of faith, full of faith. Lord, even a gift of faith on the body right now. A gift of faith on the body right now. We stand in all of it, Father.